gogging in three, two. We have gog off. <laughs> and gog off. Gog off. Cut it. Hello and welcome to Gameography. I'm Devin. And I'm Tim. And this is the podcast about uh, video games and the people who make them. You know, I feel like we can't decide if it's video games or games and the people who yeah, video make I them. I can't decide. I can't. It's hard. It's a hard choice. We've talked. We've covered so many board games on this podcast. It's like, do we really want to cut them out? You know. Honestly, that's a good idea for a whole season, Devin. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I feel like uh, what, what is it? Hasbro. <laughs> is that one of them? Classic person. Who's that? <laughs> Classic person. Yeah. The Monopoly Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's do the Monopoly Man. Yeah. Let's just do one episode for every like version of Monopoly. Every. Oh wow. <laughs> There's only like. A few of those, right? There's not like one for every like type of like Devin, honestly, movie, cartoon, like this is a video good game thing. Idea. <laughs> they should make a gameography monopoly. Honestly, they probably have already started making Gogopoly. Gog. <laughs> uh, Tim. Tim's really trying to get Gog going. I'm trying to get Gog off. <laughs> He's trying to get his gog off. <laughs> Take your gog off. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. If your gog is on, just take it right off. You don't need that anymore because mm. you got gog in your ears. Yeah, gog all over you now. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have a we have a big show for you today. Oh yeah, this is this is just the beginning. Uh, we are uh, talking about not a game even hmm. today. <laughs> I, yeah, what, a what? single measly game? What? What is this? Gameography? No way. <laughs> no way. Welcome to console-ography. <laughs> Console-opoly? Console-opoly. That probably exists too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, like, actually, that's a great idea. You can like... You landed on Super Nintendo. Yeah. Hey, guess what, listener? You landed on Super Nintendo. It doesn't matter what uh, uh, like space you land on. You just pay Nintendo. <laughs> Once again, just like real life yeah. in this podcast. Because today we are covering the Super Famicom. Yes. As you may know it, the Super Nintendo. What do you why are you assuming that the audience is not Japanese? I mean, I really should assume that based on our uh uh ethnocentrism conversation in a previous I episode. About that. I just have to assume based on uh I'll cut this out. Um <laughs> Should we just go to it? Go into the episode? Go cut to the ethnocentrism segment? Just, <laughs> in a flashback? Just No, just cut to the credits of this episode. <laughs> it's over? It's over, yeah. Yeah. It's all over. Um, oh, I was going to say... Cons- Wait, you already said console. I was going to say a uh, show about consoles. That, no, it's not It's not worth it. That's that's what we're doing right now, Tim. We're doing a show about a console. Welcome to Consolography. <laughs> The show about cons- video consoles and the consoles who make them. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll cut that out too. <laughs> Are we just restarting? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, let's just let's yeah, get right into please, it, Jim. <laughs> please God. Please God. <laughs> The SNES 
as some people know it as. Uh, the old Super Nintendo, the old Super Famicom. You know, what, you, know what, you know what? Can we just, right at the top here, mm-hmm. um, I've always felt like there was this weirdness with like, am I allowed to say SNES? Because I, f- I feel like, like it's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> It's like, like in this will, like climate. Yeah, in this climate, in today's America, uh-huh. in 2021, can yeah. I say SNES? Because I feel like all my life I've been uh-huh. saying SNES because that's what it looks like, and you say NES. Yeah. But I feel like there's this thing where people will kind of subtly correct you and saying, "Oh, you mean the Super Nintendo?" <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I really don't, and I would, I never want to be yeah, that person. You're the person perpetrating this. What? Yeah, I'm calling you out live on the show. <laughs> This is outrageous. <laughs> this is a pure fabrication. <laughs> you're, I mean, I you're one of, one of I'm, many. Have I, I really done that? I mean, no, but <laughs> <laughs> not at all. No, but you're, you definitely, you're one of the people that I think of who say Super Nintendo and who rarely say SNES. Really? I feel like I say SNES a lot. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I just know that this I is I famously said that SNES makes SNES. <laughs> you did say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're just making SNES here. <laughs> Finally, you're making SNES. <laughs> so now that you understand exactly what we're talking about, listener, <laughs> the SNES um, was a uh, was the 16-bit follow-up mm. to the 8-bit uh, Nintendo or Famicom. Doubled the bits. Uh, Much like this this podcast so far. <laughs> <laughs> it was released in uh, 1990 in Japan. In 1991 in the United States. Wow. Um, the in- so like the interesting thing, uh, uh, I guess, about the background of the release of the Super Nintendo is that um, up until this point in our story, following old Shigi mm. Miyamoto, mm. Um, there has been no real competitor to Nintendo. Mm. But in 1989, <gasps> Sega release uh the what was known as the genesis what is that a is that a sonic song <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> then just think back to the intro let's get where it goes <laughs> the intro of this podcast the song <laughs> where it's like it starts out the it, the the gameography theme song is symbolic of the video game industry where it starts out with wah, wah, and then it goes <laughs> like the sound of sonic <laughs> is that the sound of sonic break out your chili uh, hot dogs everybody because now it's time for sonic continue <laughs> wait what did i say yeah it was released in 1989 in the united states um so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so two years before the super nintendo and the the genesis oh wow uh was so basically what was going on was like this the nintendo was so popular that there were like they were working on like a follow up, but they were like also kind of scared to release another one mm-hmm. because then like they would have to like re like get everyone to buy a new thing. Yeah, and basically. I mean this is where this is at a point where the idea of releasing a follow up console or like an upgraded console wasn't a thing, right? I mean, it was because like there was consoles before the Nintendo, but it yeah. was like yeah, it definitely. Did any of them like work in that kind of iterative style that they do now, where it's like you, you, everyone knows that eventually you'll get the next Nintendo console? I, I, I'm sure that was like kind of in people's mind. I mean, people just understand that like technology gets better, but I don't think it was like that was like an established pattern. People didn't yet. know that back then. <laughs> people were like, "This is." I I do think there was people who were like, "This is just what video games are." Like, yeah, it's always I mean, yeah. 
but I guess you know there was like arcade games looked a lot better than like yeah, sure. uh, like Nintendo games, and so like kind of part of like Sega's uh, whole thing was like they could put those arcade games into the mm-hmm. home, yeah, like in a more real way than you could do on like the Nintendo. And is it just me, or is the Genesis kind of like? Like it was a big, yeah. Especially if they, if what people were mm-hmm. used to were the was the NES. It's mm-hmm. like that coming out next is a huge upgrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, visually and like the music and everything. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like a, it is a super, it is a super upgrade. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> um, so this, uh, this is how the infamous uh, console war started. Oh. Basically, Nintendo thought that they, they were like, sure, Sega can release a thing, whatever. Sure. Sega was like a much smaller company than Nintendo also at the mm. time. Like there there were they had like a you know like a a competitor to the Nintendo but like it didn't really like nobody bought it for the most part. Oh, really? what was that? Uh what let's see. What uh the Master System? Yeah. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, the Sega Master yeah. System. Yeah. And was that like technologically similar to the NES? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a, yeah, it was also an 8-bit um Yeah. And but I think they only ever got like ten percent of like the market Mm -hmm. share compared to Nintendo. So Nintendo was like, sure, they can do that. Like they're not going to beat us. I mean, old Shiggy, he he must have gotten a little big for his britches at this point. (laughs) Kind of you know conquering the world. (laughs) Yeah, I I do wonder what like he thought about all of this. I feel like there's there's not a lot of information about that, but like definitely, uh, I think Nintendo just as a whole as a company was like. That's yeah. fine, whatever. It, yeah. Like it, what? Like the the Sega Genesis was not like selling that well at first, mm-hmm. but then like kind of like slowly like kind of got yeah s- some some steam going. So that by the time the Super Nintendo actually came out, there was like a bunch of games for the Sega Genesis, mm. and there was only like when the Super Nintendo came out, there was only like two games or something. Like yeah. there was only like a few games. Yeah. So it was like kind of a a tough sell. Also, uh, Sega, I'm sure people have seen. I'm sure you've seen these where like they have like the famous ads of like Sega does what Nintendo don't. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They like specifically like just yeah. went after Nintendo. Yeah, uh, and and I've also I've I it was in that that high score show that I mentioned at the beginning mm, of the yeah, podcast yeah. Um, where they talk. There's a whole episode about the rise of um, Sega. What you're talking about, mm-hmm. and it's like a big part of it was that they targeted teens mm-hmm. and kind of framed Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, like as a kid kid yeah. framed console and then the genesis as for older kids yeah for sure teens for short <laughs> yeah older kids teens for short yeah <laughs> um so nintendo like i said they're worried about their old their original like customer base and they were also so they were worried about like the sega and like them losing like those older kids but then also um they won their original plan was to make it backwards compatible so that if you bought a Super Nintendo you could play original Nintendo oh, games on wow. it. Oh, um, wow. Why didn't they do that? That would have been awesome. The reason they didn't do it is because it was uh it would have made it a lot more expensive. Oh, it yeah. Turns course, out like yeah. but that was like the original plan. Mm-hmm. It would have made it uh like added I mean that's the reason that all of the game companies forever yeah. have not really <laughs> always done that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. because of the cartridges I'm sure that they were like different physically exactly so. yeah um so in 1990 though <laughs> a crazy thing about there's not a lot about like the making of the super nintendo but 
for the release of the Super Nintendo in Japan, it is pretty crazy because it was like obviously very, like very highly anticipated, and they didn't have. It's kind of like I mean, very. I think it was probably like the earliest example of like what we're used to now of like when new consoles come out. You know, yeah. like like there was like they like sold them before they even came out and everything. Like I don't think that was really a thing. You yeah, know, of course, back yeah. then with like products in general. Yeah, but then also it was just like they. You know they didn't have that many, and there <laughs> they also had been like I don't know. There was a rumor that Yakuza were gonna steal them, <laughs> so they like did this like midnight shipment uh like thing in Japan where like not like very few people in the company knew like when they were gonna be shipped out and stuff, <laughs> and they like they literally like shipped them out during night. So that like they would get to like where oh, they needed to go so safely. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then it would be a, another year or so before it came out in the United States, and it was redesigned um, to be that lovely uh, gray and purple. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, just quick note: which yeah. which color design do you prefer personally, Devin? I mean, I have obviously a lot of nostalgia for like the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. But. I do think, like, the, I mean, I just feel like the, like, Japanese ones always looked better. Mm-hmm. Like, they yeah. just look, like, cool, whereas, like, mm-hmm. like the ones that we got look, like, they just look, like, kind of, like, crappy, like, 80s things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just think of, like, the, the buttons on the controllers. Like, I definitely prefer the Famicom. Like, the, yeah, because it's, like, like the, more the different rain- colors. Yeah, like, it's rainbow colored, whereas the, mm-hmm. the SNES is just, like, purple. Yeah. Yeah, it's boring. Um, Tim, I, I've sent you an image in the chat, which uh, we will uh, post on our Twitter, at Gamerography Pod. At Gamerography Pod on uh, Twitter. This, so they redesigned it, obviously, like I was saying. Ooh. These were a couple of the early... Uh, <laughs> wow, like, that looks very futuristic. Yeah, they're truly insane. Like, these are, like, sketches of, like, designs yeah, that and they so didn't the, use. The first one does basically just look like a kind of sleek, futuristic Super Nintendo to a certain degree. It looks and, more like a... Like to me, like an original Nintendo. Oh, interesting. But yeah, but like with it, these both have like the purple trim. Yeah, and then the second one though has like a hinge mechanism that <laughs> I can't really see what that would have been for. Yeah, I have no idea. It truly, they, these look like they're like spaceships from Star Wars or something. <laughs> is kind of what. They, wow. Yeah, it looks like the second one really looks like a droid. Yeah, yeah, like it because it has like they have like feet kind of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They have like little like suction cup kind of looking things. Yeah, and it has the two like controller ports that could be its eyes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, I'm looking at the the real Super Nintendo now, and that also kind of looks like a droid, maybe even yeah. more. Like with its <laughs> symmetry, it looks like just like a different expression on the face. Yeah, and yeah, so like one of the besides the colors, the other big thing they changed is like the the Japanese Super Famicom is like is like rounded. And the mm. Super Nintendo is all, it's just like a box. Like, it's everything's squared edges. Um, Interesting. Is the... They probably were trying to also differentiate themselves from the Genesis, because that one is more like beveled edges and stuff, and it's black. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I'm looking at, so I'm looking at the, the, the Super Famicom now, and it looks like a PlayStation. Like, it looks, it's funny that you said it didn't look 80s, because this looks more 80s to me. I mean, it looks 80s, but it looks Super like Nintendo. cool 80s. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Sega Genesis is t- totally different looking. Mm-hmm. Also, very eighties. These all came out in the late eighties, right? So can't yeah. blame them. Slash early nineties. Yeah, which were basically the eighties. 
As we all know. <laughs> yeah. As we learned from watching The Wizard. <laughs> the, 1990 is the 80s. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no difference. That's true. Um, so, for, to move on to the uh, promotion of it, I was looking at, um, again, some of the old uh, Nintendo Power magazines. Mm, classic. Where obviously they're... They spent many issues like promoting it, yeah. um, and I just liked some of the, uh, like, uh, some of the, the quotes that they had that were promoting it. This was like to kind of like just like hype it up and show how powerful it is. Yeah, yeah. With the ability, there's a quote with the ability to rotate and zoom into objects, <laughs> to manipulate as many as 128 moving characters at once, and present a real sounding fully orchestrated soundtrack the super <laughs> nes is more than just a standard nes with better graphics it's a whole new kind of game system <laughs> i mean they're not wrong no they're they are not wrong i mean well they're kind of wrong but <laughs> fully orchestrated yeah, soundtrack that, that's specifically the part is, that's wrong. <laughs> is a stretch for sure yeah. yeah um but like that is what you want out of a new like for generation sure, yeah. of like uh For video sure. game it's just like they can do different things mm-hmm. not- and i'll say that oh that my the, the most notable thing to me com- thinking about like super mario world compared to mario 3 mm-hmm. is that like this all the sounds and music mm-hmm. is the most distinguished or uh distinct difference to me between mm-hmm. the two yeah that makes sense yeah it, it is just they have a lot more like mm-hmm. to work with yeah for sure and then also like with the colors it's like I don't me- I don't remember what it was, but there's there's like a some figure that where like there's literally like they could go from like using like a hundred colors yeah, on the NES yeah. to like six thousand like ten thousand <laughs> yeah, or yeah, something. Of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is it is like way more bright in the colors and just kind of more like visually appealing, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. On top of the the increased resolution of all the sprites and art. At, in addition to uh, the console itself, there were a bunch of a <laughs> there were a bunch of uh peripherals that were released oh okay like like the duck hunt gun-esque things and similar to the duck hunt uh <laughs> is it your ra- your radar scope you had uh so i'm going to introduce a new segment oh <laughs> <laughs> called devin's dungeon <laughs> 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 all right so tim you like Link in The Legend of Zelda, must navigate a labyrinthian dungeon. <laughs> Not to obtain the, the holy Triforce, <laughs> but to obtain a holy rotisserie chicken. Um, in order to do so, you must successfully answer a series of questions. Listen. You have you have three hearts, so that means you can get three questions wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh, wow. Um, I, I did not know this was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So the uh, the questions for this uh, this time of through Devin's dungeon, <laughs> we'll see if it's the the last time or <laughs> if this is a recurring thing. Uh, you must. Uh, I'm going to tell you the name of something, and you you tell me if it's a Super Nintendo peripheral or if it's a made for TV product. <laughs> Are you ready? Do you understand? Okay, I understand my rules of the, as they've been presented to me. <laughs> All right. Number one, the super scope. It's either a peripheral or a made-for-TV product. Wow, this is tough. This is tough because I I'm thinking back to the radar scope. You don't wait. Or is that the name of that game? That that's a that's a peripheral. 
<laughs> you are correct. Wow. That is that is like the big like bazooka thing that I was like talking yep. about that yep. I had. Wow. I almost I almost got that wrong because I was misremembering what it was called. <laughs> yeah, Radar Scope is is one of those like arcade games. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Number two. Euro Club. That's a that that's a made for TV. <laughs> this this is a uh, hollow golf club that you can pee into <laughs> while golfing. <laughs> uh, that's, I do see why that'd be useful. Okay, you ready for the next one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Illumable. Illumable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say another TV made for TV. So far, you're getting them right. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, that is like a, I guess it's a light that you put in your toilet. Okay. I guess like yeah. for night or something. A lot of these are um, <laughs> toilet based. Yeah. Um, okay. No, the next one, batter up. Batter up. I'm going to say a peripheral. Wow. <laughs> you weren't expecting me to be so good at this, were I you? Was, I was not. I mean, hey. If you're good, I know you're my good. TV products. Um, this was like a, like a like a baseball bat that you could use with like some sports games for the Super Nintendo. Okay, okay, truly really insane. That sounds um, cool. Yeah, I would use that. Uh, Teve Golf Golf Club. Teve Golf Golf Club. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, made for TV. <laughs> <laughs> Tim has lost a heart. <laughs> that is a golf club peripheral for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> I want to get them all wrong now just to hear that sound again. <laughs> uh, okay. The Go Pilot. Go Pilot. That's a peripheral. <laughs> lost another heart oh no that is a portable urinal Devin, did you look up like peeing related made for tv products just somehow the like peeing related ones had names that were like <laughs> that seemed like perfect. that were like vague enough <laughs> yeah yeah um okay we have one more oh wait but now i we need to put in the background like that do 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 <laughs> yeah, because you have one heart yeah. left. <laughs> okay. The Satellaview. Satellaview? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say peripheral. Oh, okay. Tim has made it to the end of du the dungeon. <laughs> <gasps> oh, I was really nervous. <laughs> and he has gotten his rotisserie chicken. <laughs> Devin, you have to buy me a rotisserie chicken now. That's 100% real. I guess I do. I guess I do. Um, the Satellaview is like the weirdest uh, one to me. Only released in Japan. It is a thing that you would put like on the bottom. Like you would put your, your Super Famicom on top of it to like connect to it. Okay. And it was a satellite modem. Whoa! Where okay. you could, where you would download games to it. What? Yeah. 
released, in, released in 1995. And the other crazy thing about it, there's a there's a specific game that, like, so they partnered with to make this. They partnered with this like company that was did like I guess like satellite broadcasting in Japan. Okay. So part of the thing was, for I don't know if it was like every game or if it was certain games that were released for this that you like they would be broadcast at certain times, so you could only play them. Like it'd be Whoa. like okay, this game is on at like six o'clock on Sunday, <laughs> and so you, and then it would like you'd have like an hour, and what they would do is they would broadcast satellite music, so it would be like a live like music score, or in some of them they'd have like voice act, like it'd be like a radio Whoa, show. Oh, okay, truly insane. Wow, I wish they still did this. <laughs> so there's uh, there was a there well there's a. I guess there's like kind of a couple of Zelda games. Um, there was a remake of the original Zelda, mm. but like with uh, kind of like updated graphics. Yeah. And yeah. also they like changed the dungeons and stuff. Oh. And they kind of like changed a bunch wow. of other stuff. Yeah, really. Like, and this was one of the ones that was only available at a specific time? I believe so, yeah. Like it was, it was split into four mm, yeah. chunks. So you had to like get as far as you could basically wow it was like you had to get like two pieces of triforce yeah per time basically and there was like uh yeah there was like i think like the like the characters and stuff were all like voice acted and stuff that's insane truly insane is that playable anywhere i want to play that there's so basically all of these games are not they're not playable in the way that they were i guess like because like They've never released any, like, yeah. they've never re-released any of this stuff. And the only, like, recordings of, like, the, the actual, like, full thing are, like, from, like, a couple of people who, like, happen to just, like, record their TV on VCR wow, yeah. when they're playing it. <laughs> there are, uh, there have been, like, sort of, like, fan, mm. uh, like, I don't know where they even got the file. Like, I think probably... Because, like, the game, parts of the game would be downloaded. Yeah, that makes sense. So you could yeah. get it. But then, like, the audio and all that stuff was just, like, streamed. Mm-hmm. So there's no way of, like, storing that. Um, there's another one called uh, The Legend of Zelda Ancient Stone Tablets, which was, uh, which was like, made for this. And it's, like, a similar thing where, like, the same as what I was saying. But yeah, it's, like, in chunks. It'd be in chunks. It was, like, four episodes again. and But it was, like, a new story basically um that has you can download that and and play it but again it doesn't have like everything so mm-hmm. i don't know how how easy it would be to play <laughs> or like how understandable it was yeah. also it's been like fan translated in english because it obviously never was mm. but there's like yeah there's a bunch of stuff there i was reading an article about it and like this guy this one guy in france who's like a Nintendo like freak, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was like one of the guys who's like trying to figure out like how to like save all this stuff. Yeah, and, like how to like emulate that. And he said that like he still doesn't know how like the like the satellite like sound stuff works. He's like, I still haven't figured out how it works. Like that's insane. <laughs> how <laughs> like he doesn't? He said he didn't know if like. Like it had to like wait for like a like a broadcast signal to like ac- activate it or something like that, or mm. if it was like something else that it was just like you know constantly listening to wow. a certain like that's bonkers. Yeah, truly insane. 
and the other interesting thing about those Zelda games that's completely different than any other Zelda game is that you didn't play as like Link. You would choose like like a boy or girl and they would they just looked like like kind of like teens. Weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Super what, weird. Was Link in the metal? I don't think so. Wow. Like that was like the main character. It was like you're just like your avatar. So it wasn't basically. Legend of Link. That's crazy. <laughs> no Legend of Link. But uh yeah, that's that's the Satellaview. Uh, Satellaview. Truly truly an insane thing. That really I've never heard of that at all. I can't believe that that's oh, something that yeah. is. What a weird moment. I don't think it ever really uh like took off. Clear, yeah, Obviously yeah. I and I cuz I I also think it was like probably pretty expensive. And yeah. also by that t- by that point like the PlayStation was coming out. So Oh wow. Okay, yeah. Or like had come out or something. Um So yeah. But let's get uh let's move on to uh the games. So, uh, the, the, the two games that were, like, they launched the Super Nintendo with were F-Zero mm-hmm. and Super Mario World. Mm. Now, I, now, I understand, good sir, you want to talk about F-Zero. Oh, I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been biding my time until I could talk about Captain Falcon and his Falcon <laughs> Punch. Uh, which... Produced by Miyamoto, our old pal. Mm. Directed by Kazunobu Shimizu. Um... Yeah, and go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a racing game, and it is just—I think it may be the best racing game ever made. <laughs> you may you may know the uh, the character from yeah. Super Smash Bros. Yeah, Captain Falcon. And you know, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think is, does it show him anywhere in it. Like, I really don't know. I don't think that he's at all a part of it. Like, I don't know if I've ever like beaten like a tournament or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, do they, like, is it, like, um, do they do, like, Mario Kart style where, like, at the end they're, like, standing <laughs> on top of... That, m- maybe they do. I'm not actually but, uh, sure. I didn't... Yeah, otherwise it's, like, yeah. Yeah. You don't see him at all. Like, yeah, you don't see him when you're racing not... or picking your... You can pick the different cars, but it's, Yeah, like... but it's, like, they don't... I... <laughs> do they even, like, reference him? Honestly, probably not. Because they would have they would have made more of a point, too. Yeah. It, he's There's probably, like, a drawing of him in, like, the instruction book. And that's, like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. Oh, we should have looked that up, yeah. <laughs> I wonder. Um, but I, I, I think that they probably... I mean, just the whole aesthetic of it is distinct enough that they maybe didn't need to add a character as, like, um, as blatantly into the game mm-hmm. to make it memorable. Because you have this whole cyberpunk kind of visual and everything's all you know like uh futuristic and stuff and they use what i'm sure Devin wants to talk about more uh a programming technique or whatever called mode seven well, which what yeah th- well th- this is like i feel like f-zero is like their even like more so than like super mario world is like check out this <laughs> like look yeah. how like yeah. insane this looks and i mean yeah because it it's like through mode seven it's essentially fake 3d okay yeah yeah There's, they've got his head in, in the instruction manual you can see a little some pictures of people and you see distinctly uh falcon punch's head um <laughs> falcon head but it looks 3d so if i were like a teen in the uh mm-hmm. in 18 or 1989 or in 18 oh there he is okay there is a picture of him standing Captain oh, wow. Falcon from Port Town, age unknown. <laughs> Prince sees <laughs> rumored to be in his early thirties. 
<laughs> Besides being an accomplished F-Zero pilot, he's a renowned and talented bounty hunter. Oh, so, that never gets mentioned in <laughs> any of the games. I don't know. Or, yeah. I, maybe that explains his appearance in Smash. He's yeah. trying to capture Pikachu. <laughs> for, <laughs> for his crimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pikachu's wanted all Pikachu across the Pikachu knows what he's done. He's a, he's oh, wow. There's a time. comic. Oh, wow. In in the instruction booklet that stars uh, Captain Falcon. Wow, I wish they put any of this into the game. <laughs> maybe it... You know, crazy. I mean, I just, I, I haven't actually played the, like, Nintendo 64 F-Zero. I've been meaning to. But it's so yeah. disappointing that this franchise never took off because I think it's so fun. Hmm. And it's like, is it because they just didn't have enough, like, memorable stuff and it's just you're racing the cars? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I feel like the, I never, I haven't played any of, like, the other ones either. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they probably just didn't, like, yeah live up. Like, they didn't really, like improve it yeah. probably i've heard that the six that the 64 one is awesome oh really but i don't know maybe it just wasn't i i could see it being just racing like this and you know that maybe just isn't enough to shoot it to uh popularity at the very end there's a picture of captain falcon uh going like like with his fist up in there and there's a speech bubble that says there are two kinds of drivers in this race me in bold <laughs> and the losers <laughs> classic cf oh man what a guy what a guy yeah um but yeah this game's great and i i have a theory about it that i want to mm-hmm. put forward mm-hmm. not not a huge theory mm-hmm. just a little game theory um <laughs> i think that this is cyberpunk nascar it's like a really short nascar race. i mean yeah like whereas you know uh mario kart is distinctly you know go karts <laughs> this is nascar <laughs> Not like drag racing or any other. Yeah, racing. it is like uh, compared to Mario Kart. I feel like it. You do do more laps, right? Mm-hmm. Like you do like yeah, you six do, yeah. laps or something significantly more. Yeah. and you're constantly lapping cars and stuff. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. It's, I'm a. Uh, I mean, I like it. I'm. I don't think I like it as much as you probably. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, like at the time, I'm sure it was like amazing. Yeah. Um. It is known as like uh in or being the first i guess in the genre of like futuristic racing games oh really so what are other entries into that um what's a futuristic racing game sony had ridge ridge racer ridge racer Racer? i don't know what that is it's like similar it's a okay yeah i don't think it i mean wait not ridge racer what am i thinking of ridge racer is a sega thing there's there's one that's like from playstation I don't know. I don't remember what it's called. But Interesting. Yeah. But it's like future, like, it's like hover cars and stuff. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that sounds fun. Yeah. I'll play more of those. Um, okay. Is there anything interesting to say about Mode 7? I feel like, no. It's like pseudo 3D. Yeah. It's but like, I mean, I just, I just think it's interesting that it's like, you see that in a lot of these games on the console. I mean, yeah. all, like all my games I'm talking about had it in, it, in them to some degree. And. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Like Yoshi's Island has it in it just a little bit. Wow! In like certain objects and stuff, and I mean, Mar- they Mario Nintendo was uh, essentially like doing 3D just in a very not real way. Because I mean, F Zero yeah. so, effectively functions like a 3D game. It just doesn't look quite 3D in the way that um, yeah, it's not like actually rendered in 3D, but you're actually playing it in three dimensions. Right, but I guess like. There's to me there's a distinction in my mind between like games that 
you can like that like this where it's like it kind of seems like it's 3d but then and then games where you can like move the camera around yeah, yeah or like for sure. look in any direction kind of yeah um but yes uh so the thing is there there is actually seven modes in the super nintendo whoa okay <laughs> mode seven is just the seventh one <laughs> and they're like different like i don't understand it but it's like different like configurations or something that like the games could like access okay. so basically it was like you would be like trading off um like the number of like colors and like stuff like that that you could have versus like um like i don't know the other ones are just seem like a bunch of just different like variations on that but mode 7 is like has the least amount of colors and the least like uh like resolution i think but you could like rotate everything on like axes and stuff yeah okay um like enlarge stuff and shrink it and stuff like like it's 3d so that's like how they get that effect interesting yeah pretty weird stuff oh so the other one uh that from the early ones is pilot wings um that like is the same thing it's like the same effect basically yeah but like flying yeah and then the uh like parachuting guy whatever (laughs) oh yeah um do you have anything to say about pilot wings I feel like I've only played it that one time yeah. here like two years ago. Yeah, we, we played it together one time and it was, I don't know, it was a fun time. I did not enjoy that game at all. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even try like the flying planes part, did we? Did we? <laughs> I think we only did the diving mm. thing. All right, moving on to Super Mario World. Mm. Uh, the follow-up to Super Mario Bros. 3. Miyamoto produced it. Uh, directed by Tezuka and the big well I'd say like probably the biggest addition to it obviously we talked about just like the visuals and the sound are a lot better but Miyamoto had apparently always wanted um, Mario to ride something and specifically (laughs) he wanted him to have a dinosaur companion um, but they couldn't add that due to limitations of the of the Nintendo so yeah I guess he tasked somebody with designing it and Tim, are you aware of are you aware of Beta Yoshi? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> that sounds Okay. In I think it was it was was it this year was or not this year, twenty twenty? Might have been twenty twenty. There was like a, a hack of Nintendo. Okay. Like a big hack. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. one of the biggest things that came out was this uh early <laughs> version of yoshi where he's like uh he's emaciated <laughs> he's very skinny and weird looking okay I, oh I, maybe i've seen this yeah actually. i just i just sent it in the chat um and i th- and he also <laughs> there's a picture of, yeah <laughs> it's it's uh, yoshi when he hasn't been fed and also his like his his horrible his nose is like yeah super like long and dangling. That's horrible. <laughs> so, that looks far more like a lizard to me than a dinosaur. Wow! Imagine exactly. If, yeah. So this is what uh, Dezuka, Tezuka said. Is it? He said that it was too reptilian and said it didn't really fit into the Mario world. So he encouraged the designer to create a cuter character. What world would we be living in now? <laughs> this was Yoshi. This monstrosity. <laughs> Um, oh. yeah, truly it would be, it would be different. There was a, there was a, um, survey done by like 
some like anime website or something okay. in Japan of like uh, Japanese sure. people's favorite uh, characters, mm. and Yoshi was number three. Wow, so, that makes that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, yeah, because yeah, I mean they Yoshi's really, great. Yeah, and they really nailed it. On I, I find it significant that he's almost. He's among the least changed, I feel like, of characters over the... Like, mm-hmm. the way he appears in Super Mario World is, like, very similar to how he is now. Yeah. And then by Yoshi's Island, they descended, it's, like, all of his little things that he does is, like, mm, that's how yeah. Yoshi's always been. He doesn't need to change. He's perfect. <laughs> Yoshi, you're perfect. Um, Tezuka speculated that Miyamoto's love of horse riding, as well as country <laughs> and Western themes, influenced Yoshi's creation. <laughs> Uh, we really don't talk enough about how weird Miyamoto is. Like, how many weird little hobbies he has. <laughs> Playing the banjo or whatever. Uh, yeah. You know, I actually, I was going to send this to you. This yeah. last week, I watched some late night clips of him from the last couple of years. And there was one where he's on Jimmy Fallon and he wow. plays the Mario theme with the roots. Like, he's on guitar. Oh, I've, I've like, I think I've seen that. Either I watched it or I like saw it like recommended mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also, so there's crazy. another clip where he. When is that from? Um, It's only the last five years. Oh, wow. Okay. And there's another one where he's, it's like a backstage little video where he's, they just hand him objects and he tries to guess the size of them, you know, like his hobby of guessing yeah. the length of things and yeah. he just, and he gets it pretty close. Yeah. He's truly an insane person. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, so what are your thoughts on Super Mario World? I oh, know what the answer is, yeah. unless you had more to say. It's, it's the greatest game ever made. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, uh, but it is. It is, I think, the best like 2D Zelda or <laughs> 2D Mario. <laughs> that's a that's a crazy theory. <laughs> Super Mario World, World is the best 2D Zelda. Think about it. You go into castles. Think about it. <laughs> Zelda's there. Yoshi's there. Yoshi, my favorite Zelda character. <laughs> Green. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's that good. I yeah, really. You're I, insane. I haven't played it all. Like really, barely any. I just played those first few levels. But just so yeah, I really. So clearly, my <laughs> opinion is not valid here. Those first levels are great, though. I just I don't yeah, get it. I it's <laughs> like I love the presentation, the music, uh-huh. the sounds, yeah. and the visuals are phenomenal. Yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. and uh, the movement of Mario is pretty solid. I like it. But I just it's like one. It feels very very close in all functional ways to um, Mario three. Like it has yes. all, all the goodness of Mario Three, everything I like about that, as opposed to the first two. It's like it has that. It doesn't really add that much to them in the at least in those first like three levels I played. Mm-hmm. And then it's just I don't like riding Yoshi. Wow. I don't get it. It's like I feel like it breaks the game where you're you have infinite hits where you can you just had to get back on Yoshi, and you're it's like it almost like ruins. So you the played the like the three. Easiest level, yeah, <laughs> and, and in a series that you uh, famously think is too hard, yeah, <laughs> and your problem was it was, was too easy. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't get it. I it it it's of yeah. all the Mario's we played, it's the one that I just find the least joy in. Wow. Other than maybe Mario Two. No, Doki Doki. You're wrong. <laughs> I accept that. I'm fine with that. I mean, yeah, like no, Yoshi isn't the reason that it's like the best. I mean, I. Yoshi is great. Mm-hmm. I like I, I like that Yoshi's in it. It's just playing. Mm-hmm. But like Yoshi has cool stuff of like, um, first of all, there's different color Yoshis and they all have different powers. Okay, that's but green compelling. Yoshi can like get all of the other Yoshi's powers depending on what he eats. Oh really? It's like if you eat a red Koopa, he like then then he'll like shoot fire mm-hmm. after eating it, 
and then there's like I don't remember what, but like you can eat something else and like kind of like f- fly while it's in his mouth. Mm-hmm. I think if you eat like oh. a like he gets wings. Oh, okay. Pretty crazy stuff. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Also, I yeah, I just feel like the like the levels and like the I mean, it is very similar to Mario 3 and like I never played that as a kid. Mm-hmm. So that I mean, I feel like if you had played that first as a kid, you probably wouldn't have maybe, maybe yeah. Yeah, you that might be your favorite, but like it is just like the presentation is just so nice. Like, that absolutely, yeah. Like I do, yeah. I love a lot that. of uh, and just like a lot of like classic like enemies and stuff, mm-hmm. like the little uh, like centipede guys that you jump on and get. Oh angry. yeah, yeah. Those are from here, and mm-hmm. like like the little apple guys, whatever those are. The little apple guys, <laughs> and also just I feel like visually in the design of the characters, it's like this is where it. It, I mean, yeah. I guess I probably say this every time, but it's like, this is where all, it's like, these, this is what Mario characters still look like, mm-hmm. kind of. I'm trying to actually, I can't totally visualize Mario in that game, but it's like, you it know, like Mario. all the enemies, like the yeah. bullet bills, the giant ones in the beginning. Yeah. I think that is probably, this is a, this is a podcast about Miyamoto, but I think that is probably uh, because it's like the one that Tezuka mm. had full control over and he was like the, the more of like the visual design person Ooh, okay yeah and that checks out so like him just like making everything look great pro- like makes a lot of sense to me mm-hmm. um but then also as far as the music goes uh like what koji kondo did mm. is like he just made uh, like one theme per like world or something like that something like that and then like would rearrange it based on hey if you're writing yoshi or not the, yeah. ra- the arrangement changes, Which, obviously. The way that that works is phenomenal. Yeah. It's just, just so great. As the percussion. And then just like uh, the different types of also like underground ones. Mm-hmm. It's like the same melody, but it rearranged different. Mm. So it sounds like a different song. That's cool. Yeah. That was like his like idea. Um, and also apparently he was worried about making it sound more like it's like real instruments playing stuff. Mm. Because he was like, I think he was like, you know people have gotten used to it sounding just like yeah yeah beep boop beep <laughs> um, he says he was concerned over how people would react to his unusual combination of instruments uh, compared to the more traditional square and triangle waves <laughs> yeah that they've been using and these are all samples right i mean i don't know i i guess okay. i mean it no, i mean it's okay. like midi right yeah well i think it, they had always been midi well, well, right. I guess in the first ones, it might not have actually been MIDI, but a, a, a like a program similar to that, yeah, or a programming language or whatever. But I do. Oh man, see, I don't actually know this. I didn't research this, but I think <laughs> I've just always thought I'd know. I've always known that it's like they use samples in there, which is the same as in um, Mario or uh, in the Nintendo sixty four. Mm. You know where the yeah. the games will come preloaded with the sound font, which is just like one sample for every sound, and mm. then it pitches the the. The oh, sample, okay, and of course that makes it very unexpressive because it's like just you know the classic sound of like a bad MIDI mm-hmm. imitation of a real instrument. Mm-hmm. That's what that is, and so it makes it still sound pretty video gamey. But yeah, also but that like, might be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, but, but like said. this is like the I don't know. I like this era of like mm-hmm. that, like mm-hmm. that that style, like that. Um, what what do I call that? Like the that restraint or that yeah, restriction yeah, 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 that they yeah. have. Like it sounds, it doesn't sound real, exactly. but it sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, and I, I really, yeah, I do really love it because it's it's not the simplicity of the eight bit music. Mm-hmm. It's like, but the same 
I guess, video gameness, yeah, where it's like yeah. it's so distinctly video game music, but now it's just so colorful. Yeah. And Koji can just have at it. Speaking of Ko- Koji Kondo having at it, shall we move on to Oh yeah, The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past? Mm. The same team that just made Super Mario uh, World. Let's see, when did this? When did Zelda come out? Came out uh, the next year. Wow, that's crazy. But they, oh well, because weren't they working on it the, near the around the same time? Probably, yeah. I, I they like started working on Super Mario World pretty much like a- after Super Mario Three, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. I think, but it just took them a while to like mm-hmm. because they first were just trying to figure out like what they could do on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Um, so 1991, A Link to the Past, um, going back to its roots after uh, uh, the adventure of Link. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Zelda 2. Yeah, which we didn't cover, but yeah. that's, I mean, yeah, clearly trying to change the whole the whole way the game worked and didn't really turn out right. Yeah, Miyamoto kind of disowns it, even mm-hmm. though, like, people like it now. Like, yeah. people say it's, like, good. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to play it. And it has truly a couple of the like the best zelda songs mm-hmm. in there yeah did koji kondo like do those songs i don't think he did right uh yeah or I, did he he might not have or he maybe did i don't know i don't know what what are we supposed to be experts on this or something yeah. <laughs> what do you come here for facts <laughs> um okay but so this from an interview that was before i think while they're making a link to the past uh, Mimo said some very interesting things. <laughs> As he always does. As he always does. It was a conversation between him and the producer of the Dragon uh, Quest games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which was like the huge uh, Japanese... It was like huge in Japan, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as very big in the United States, but the RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said about A Link to the Past... He originally intended the game to feature a party, one that consisted of a protagonist who's a mix between an elf and a fighter, a magic user, and a girl. (laughs) Pick your class. Yeah. Girl. (laughs) Wow. Um, He said, quote, ever since I started making the first game in the series, I've been saying that the third Zelda will feature a party. Um, The fairy that appeared in The Adventure of Link, who's was actually a party member designed for Zelda 3, a girl who looked like a little fairy and whose role consisted of reconnaissance, like the characters in action games that don't engage enemies in combat, but rather go out and scout out the surroundings and return to you safely. It's also fun when an action game lets you choose who to send out. That's the sort of thing I'm thinking I'd like to put in Zelda 3. Wow. Absolutely none of that is in in it. That that would have, like, fundamentally changed it to not even be a Zelda game, right? Like, I mean, that'd be... Uh, like yeah that would be truly insane would it have been in that kind of like rpg style where it's like you travel as one and then i have no idea it sounded like he was like saying like you pick one and then like mm. play as them almost for a little bit and then like go back and you can like switch huh. or something I I guess that could have been cool i don't know it, it could have been cool also unnecessary yeah that but the 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 girl slash fairy <laughs> um class that he's talking about where like you can send send them out to just like look at stuff does that makes like i think that's probably where the idea for like navi and Ocarina oh of Time came yeah because that's basically what it is it's that's, just like yeah that's true she's in their party your party yeah like, <laughs> girl yeah 
girl as we all that know was the them. original name floating of Navi. pink sphere <laughs> oh my gosh yeah um also in that interview I just, this is just really interesting like at the end of the interview they were just talking about like games that they like wanted to make or like kind of like games that they feel like they like you know they, they aren't making now because they were like talking about like how every game can't be just like a fantasy mm-hmm. thing um so this is a this is a quote from Mimoto. I wanted to do a game that revolved around raising a child. <laughs> I might be raising something off by saying this, but your kid would start off not knowing anything and not being able to speak, and you teach them everything. If you taught the, taught them something contradictory, it would cause a disruption, and you'd get to see their reaction. Truly, what? <laughs> this is the kind of thing Miyamoto's thinking about. That is the I I can't explain why, but that's such a Miyamoto idea for a game. <laughs> well, and I mean, like, it's vaguely Nintendogs. Exactly, that's what it made me think of too. Is yeah. Nintendogs? I like because you do you do train them in that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you tell them how to do tricks and stuff. Yeah, you teach them about the world, <laughs> you, and if you teach, teach them something language. contradictory, <laughs> what? How was he like visualizing that functionally? Like, what would that have looked like? <laughs> I have what no would, idea. How would you have done there's, that? There's obviously a reason he didn't make. Yeah. It. <laughs> It seems like um, you would just have to interrogate that idea for a minute and realize you couldn't make that. I don't know. I would love to see what he visualized that as. Yeah. So then the Dragon Quest guy was like, yeah, like, oh, I like I had a game or like an idea is kind of similar to that. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then Nimoto says, how about a game where you get to be a mother-in-law who bullies <laughs> your son's young wife? <laughs> this is this is a part of... Uh, Miyamoto that does not translate to uh, English audience, very American audiences very well. It's like such a like that's like a thing I guess in like Japan. Yeah, because of like, uh, like, th- like inter intergenerational like families yeah. living together and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that's kind of that that's a relatable concept I think in the West as well. The idea of a mother-in-law bullying you, right? Like, <laughs> isn't that yeah, kind but of it's in popular m- culture? I think it's like it's a lot more of a thing wow, where it's okay. like who's like in charge of like the household. Kind yeah. Of oh well. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, he says it'd be like in Star of Star of the Giants, which is a I guess like a manga. Okay. Um, where the wife wouldn't submit to you, and you'd have to compete with her by trying to throw her out of the house within a certain number of months. <laughs> <laughs> The the problem, I can't tell because it's just text. Like, was he like kind of joking yeah, when he says sounds this? Sounds like he might have been, but also but judging by the so last thing he tell. said, like yeah. yeah, maybe that was a real concept. <laughs> uh, that would have been great. I I think we missed out on this whole world of like life, like lifelike Sims made mm-hmm. by Miyamoto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of all they kind of talk about or like the Dragon Quest guy kind of says something that's like, oh, that's like The Sims, where he's like, it'd be cool if you could make like a game where it's just like, you're just kind of like watching, like it's like you're just kind of like God and you can yeah, like, kind yeah. of like move people around and stuff. Yeah, I mean that <laughs> yeah. a, that makes sense why anyone anyone could have thought of that. Yeah, The Sims guy was just the first person to season on that guy, Devin. Where we play all the Sims games. <laughs> he made other stuff too. Yeah, um, like Alien Sims. Yeah, Alien Sims, City Sims, <laughs> um, Herb Sims, <laughs> Teen Teen Sims. Yeah, okay. So that's that's that whole that's that whole interview. Um, but yeah, Link to the Past. Uh, Tim, have you played any of it? Uh, yeah, I played um, 
gosh, when was it? I was, I think after I beat Breath of the Wild for the first time, I tried that out. Wow. And I got, I really didn't get far. I played it probably for like an hour at the beginning. You know, I got Zelda back and then I was like, okay, I'll play this again. And I mm-hmm. never did. Wow. And it just, it, I, I would like to go back now having enjoyed the first Zelda so mm. much because I think that I just couldn't get past the the weirdness of like the combat of like being all you have to get so close and the mm. the moving around in four directions yeah <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me <laughs> can't wrap my head around it you, you it only makes sense to you that you could move around in every direction yeah yes that's much easier <laughs> yeah um but yeah you you're a big fan of that game right yes uh I played it a lot as a kid mm. but i only ever got to uh it's so it's the first one in the series that like sets up the kind of like pattern i feel like that a lot at least ocarina of time does and i feel like maybe other games do this i don't I actually know but where it's like the first part of the game is just like the normal world and everything and mm-hmm. then you get sent to the dark world oh, and you can go okay. between them in in it oh okay. um, and oh, you're right. Yeah, I because I forgot that was in there. That's kind of that's very similar to Ocarina of Time. Yeah, for sure. Just yeah. with the added like time. Yeah, there's nothing like that in. Is there anything like that in a uh, uh, boat game, boat hmm. Zelda? Um, I don't believe so. No. Yeah. Kind of. There's like a little bit, but it's not really a, a function of the whole game. It's like yeah. just a one part. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that like, I mean, that part is always cool. Like just as a kid that like kind of thing would just of like course, blow my yeah, mind yeah which is like because you get through the first three dungeons like as a kid like that is like a huge accomplishment yeah as an adult and that's a huge like, accomplishment. <laughs> yeah and then and then you like have a boss fight with like the villain are you who like who you think the villain is yeah and you yeah. beat him and it's like <laughs> boom baby and then it's like okay there's like seven more dungeons <laughs> whatever nah. you, get, you get sent to the and then, like, the thing is, you get sent... When you first get sent to the dark world, you get turned into a pink bunny. Oh, wow. That... And you, like, can't do anything. Like, you don't have, like, your sword or anything. And so you're just running around. other ones. <laughs> yeah, they should just make you that instead of Link from now on. <laughs> I just want to play as a pink bunny in every game. <laughs> um, yeah, it is It is insane because we, uh, we've been playing through Ocarina of Time to mm-hmm. prepare for, like, a month from now when that episode's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And... I I was really I keep on thinking about how it's so weird that it's like you play for seem potentially a long time before mm-hmm. you get to what is like arguably the real game mm-hmm. where it's like this whole kid section is like a it's like a, a pre, what's that called prelogue prologue prologue yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and it's weird that they would have done it in this too mm-hmm. it feels it's like, like it's the exact same device. structure where it's three yeah. dungeons yeah um it might even be like a little longer in well probably not longer in actual like playing time because mm-hmm. there's other stuff you have to do in ocarina but yeah. um yeah no it's like the same exact structure so it's it's a it's a surprising uh choice to me yeah but, but it's I, really I like cool it. yeah. yeah yeah um because you get it like the whole thing is like it turns like the whole overworld into a, mm-hmm. a different thing too mm-hmm. so you get to like revisit all those places mm-hmm. and see how they're different wow um, and they're all messed up because yeah. it's dark. <laughs> it was great. I feel like that game really like sets the even more like well, obviously like the it it like takes some away from the original Zelda where like the original Zelda is much more um, open yeah in yeah. a sense, 
and like uh link to the past is more linear yeah where like you can't go to the dungeons really in the wrong order Mm -hmm. you maybe can do like a little bit but you can't like beat any of them in the wrong order for sure um and but there's just like a lot more going on it's the first time there's like a like the kakriko village Oh where wow! Where there's just like a bunch of people, yeah, that you can go like talk to and like help them out with like various things, yeah, wow, to get like heart pieces and stuff. First time there's heart pieces, because there isn't. Oh yeah, like the the where you kind of build your own heart. Where you get all, four to get outside of the dungeon ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow, um, a lot of like other stuff like uh, putting fairies in bottles and stuff like. Mm. Oh, there, lot- is there? There's bottles. There's bottles, oh, which I mean, literally, <laughs> that that is among the most Im- significant, like Zelda, <laughs> kind of like tropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, what else is it? I it's the first one with the master sword. Oh wow! And like uh, going into like the forest to that part of the game is so great because <laughs> mm. you like you're just like going through the forest and all these like uh, animals are like running through it and it's all like foggy and stuff. Oh, that sounds awesome. It's so good. Um, and the music is like so good. Yeah. I, I mean, feel like I, we say this like every time, but it's like, it's one of Koji Kondo's best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just really this whole, this whole season could just be about Koji Kondo in a sense. It really is. Cause it's just, (laughs) yeah, just the master at work every time he makes it better than you ever thought it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. That like the music is also good in there and it's, uh, like, cause like the first game had the. Like the overworld theme, that's kind of it that like survived, but like yeah. into the rest of the games. But but this game had a lot of other like the fairy fountain. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! The village like song, a bunch of stuff is in in this game. Wow, that uh is just great. I listen to that soundtrack a lot. All right, so uh, we're we're gonna take a little break you're, you're gonna hear about the rest of the super nintendo uh, games that we're talking about that's Star Fox, um yoshi's island yoshi's island and we're also gonna talk about the game boy a little bit next episode um I'll but coming at you next week <laughs> but uh that that takes us through to uh shiggy's adventures um, with mm. the release of the super nintendo um the first i'd say like half of yeah of that console of his games at least on that console hmm there's a lot of stuff, obviously, that came out on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Um, often considered one of the best uh, consoles of all time. Yeah, I mean, y- you can really see that it's like, it is like 2D perfected, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like, it would make sense that this is where that kind of stops as far as the like home consoles go. But uh, thanks thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah go ahead and uh, follow us on twitter.com at, at GameographyPod. <laughs> That's at Gameography Pod. That is at Gameography Pod at Twitter.com at Gameography Pod. <laughs> at Internet. At the Internet, at your modem, at your house, or somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, dial up on your dial up internet. Yep. Get in there. Dial it up. Ring, 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 ring. Hello, is this the Internet? Connect your Satellaview to your Super Famicom. <laughs> Type yeah. in. Gameography pod. Yep. And then tune in next week when we broadcast live <laughs> over the internet into your Super Nintendo and oh your what God. is it called? If we could do that, that'd be so good. Man, that would be that'd really put us on the map. Yeah. We're not we're we're specifically not streaming on Twitch. We're only streaming <laughs> onto your Super Nintendo. <laughs> do you think that 
Do you think there's any way we could technologically <laughs> make that happen? Do we own like a satellite <laughs> in space? I, have a, I probably have a couple. Okay, floating then around. We could probably get it to work. Okay, stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. We'll keep you updated. Tune your your Satella view to the Gameography channel. That's uh, eighty nine point nine. Is that uh, KMHD? <laughs> That's eighty nine point one. Oh, maybe I don't know. Oh well. Bye-bye. <laughs>